Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Dustin Hockensmith. This is our 4th of July weekend edition, and just how does the Hockensmith household celebrate, Dusty? Well, usually we do like we just watch stuff explode like everybody else does. I mean, this is this is America, Jim. Uh, but now we're we're actually leaving for uh, Myrtle Beach early tomorrow morning, Monday morning. So uh, we're going to be celebrating down there. And I hear fireworks on the beach, which I've never experienced. That, that should be pretty cool. Very nice. Very nice. Well, let's get done recording so you could get out the door and start your start your celebrating, Dusty. We have a fun topic today, but before we get there, hey, another week, another commitment, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they just kind of keep rolling in, and uh, I think probably next week looks like it's going to be uh, more of the same, it seems. But DeAndre Cook from Friendship Academy in D.C., interesting defensive lineman, uh, second defensive lineman of the class. Uh, he's 6'4", 260. Xavier Gilliam is 6'3", 260. Uh, Xavier Gilliam is listed as an edge rusher. DeAndre Cook listed as an uh, as a defensive lineman. I do think one or both are going to end up inside. Looks like DeAndre Cook, that's where he'll be headed. Uh, but he's a pretty good little get for them. Um, he's a pretty powerful guy. I think that length and that frame, not hard to see him being 6'4", 280 when he arrives on campus uh, for sure. So uh, they, they fill that need. Uh, it looks like they're not done trying to address that need with an interior lineman, but DeAndre Cook is a good first guy on the board there. Let me play a little devil's advocate here, uh, Dusty. I A lot of people, they talk stars, two defensive linemen, both of them three-star and even lower three-stars. And, and and it's fair, you know, it's fair. I think both of them are, are sort of in that tweener category, which is hard for them to – you know, really become more than that in terms of their star ratings. But, you know, everybody was waiting for a five-star quarterback, right? And and they get one in Drew Aller. I think everybody's still kind of waiting on that unblockable five-star force as an interior defensive lineman, right? I mean, that, that too is a missing piece. Penn State's managed their defensive tackles pretty well, and they've gotten, I think, close to maximum value out of what they've had. But I think they everybody would, would really love to see that 330 pound six foot five guy, the Jordan Davis of, of the world, just dominating inside. They haven't had it. And I think to a certain extent, certainly when you're looking at Alabama and Georgia, though, that's a big difference between what Penn State's got and what those heavyweights have are, are those kind of unblockable guys. And then on, on the flip side, the, the guys who are impossible to beat uh, on the offensive line. And now I play devil's advocate. Let me go to the glass half full, though, Dusty. <laughs> a couple weeks, <laughs> you know, a couple weeks ago, we might have been saying the same thing about Ethan Grunkmeyer, the quarterback, Luke Reynolds, the tight end, and lo and behold, new evaluation. <laughs> they're both uh, high four stars. Yeah, and and you know, really, truly, I think James Franklin and his staff. And, and you can go down the line with position coaches. They, they kill it with their evaluations. So I, th- I think they've earned the, the trust to say, okay, this three-star is not really a three-star. You know, I, th- I think they've earned that, that 
right from from fans. And I, and I think that's probably why there's not really that degree of impatience with like the defensive line, but it is still a difference. And we and speaking of, we we're talking about difference makers on the on this show. You can kind of intro that then, but. Um, but yeah, I think they've, they've earned some, some trust there. And I think, you know, both of these guys could be interesting to follow in their development. Well, thank you, Dusty, for helping me on my segue. Which I just, nud- I just we nudged headed. along there. Hey, by the way, I, I, I meant to ask this question. So you were, you played devil's advocate and then you played devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. If it's not the devil's advocate, is it the Lord's advocate? If, if you're, if you're just offering like a similar opinion on something. Dusty, I cannot recall ever being called the Lord's advocate. (laughs) So I'm not sure this is a case of double negative turning into a positive. I really don't think so. One one more, one more note. I know, I know we got to move forward, but one more note for me. When, When you first introduced this idea, it said, you said, let me play devil's advocate. If there were to be a biography about your life, it would be let me let me play devil's advocate, the Jim Galante story. <laughs> I I will remember that when I write my autobiography. Yes, the de- I, I've been known as the devil's advocate. All right, let's move on to our topic for the day, <laughs> which is difference makers, and let's talk about what led up to this idea, Dusty. Because you're right, it, it sort of developed organically. And we often get in our Ask T. Frank segment, in our Ask Andy segment, what will it take for Penn State to take that next step? That next step meaning beating Michigan or Ohio State or making the college football playoffs, and one would lead to the other. And I, and not really sarcastically, but I will often say, well, they need more good players or more elite players which is stating the obvious. However, it, it led to this idea that Penn State does not have or has not had the difference maker kind of players. And what I appreciated in your notes, you brought up both Michigan and Ohio State, and you bring up those losses Penn State had to those two teams. The difference in those games w- were that Ohio State and Michigan they had the difference makers, those elite kind of players, didn't they? They they did, and and I think that's that's especially when you're stacking up Penn State against those two teams. You're stacking up Penn State against, as I mentioned, Alabama and Georgia before. If you want Penn State to get to that next level, I do think a, a higher number of difference makers is imperative. I also feel like they have more now. And we'll we'll kind of rattle down through the list and and kind of how we define difference maker is an is another interesting uh, point. Who we think are difference makers is another one. But um, but I think that you know you look at the raw recruiting data over the last like let's say twenty two thousand twenty two and two thousand twenty three in particular to me uh, two thousand twenty two because we've already seen that in action. We've seen those difference makers emerge already in year one, which I think is part of what fuels the excitement of where the team is and where people think it might be going. Uh, it doesn't really look any different on paper, uh, when you look at national rankings and things like that, but I do think the 22 and the 23 classes were heavier on potential difference makers than, most other classes that Penn State has had. Certainly back-to-back, it's hard, it's hard to find. So I think that's what kind of is different now is that 
they have difference makers, they're young, and I do think the possibility really exists for a bunch more to emerge from the current freshman class. Okay, Dusty, let's do this. Let's define the difference between a really good player and a difference maker. And again, in our discussion, and we talked about this last week about the show, I threw out very randomly off the top of my head two examples of the difference, one on Penn State's offense, one on Penn State's defense. Tell me if this is valid and how we can define the difference. Penn State has two Really, really, really good running backs. I think of Nick Singleton, though, as the difference maker. On defense, they have two really, really, really good linebackers. I think Abdul Carter is the difference maker, and Curtis Jacobs is that really good player, but not quite that difference maker. And I'm not doing this to disrespect Catron Allen or Curtis Jacobs, but just to accentuate what the other two guys are. Is that a fair way to define the difference? It is. And it's, it's a, you know, I think it, it's, it's a bit of a blurry line, I suppose. But to me, the, the term difference maker means, you know, special set of skills uh, like Liam Neeson and Taken, for example, a very unique set of skills <laughs> uh, that, that can make a difference in, in ways that few others can a rare ability to impact games. Now, like you can have players make game changing plays. And I would circle, let's say Grant Haley in that 2016 Ohio state game, you know, right man at the right time and all that. But I think difference makers have the ability to crash uh, and make splash plays, you know? And I think what the difference is Abdul Carter made a lot more splash plays than Curtis Jacobs did. And that's could be the difference between really, really good and difference maker. And I think Katron Allen probably was a more consistent running back, certainly gained between three and 10 yards more frequently than Nick Singleton did. But Nick Singleton can get the edge and he can beat uh, the entire defense for long scores. And that's the difference making skill. So I do think there's, there's a physical attribute element to it. And I do think that it, not all the time, but pretty closely tied to whether that player is an NFL prospect or not. And I would say, you know, Curtis Jacobs is uh, an NFL prospect. Abdul Carter could be a special NFL prospect. Katron Allen could be a really good player in the league. Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton can make, you know, a, a great player uh, at, in the, at the NFL level. So I think there's a little bit of that part of it too. And Dustin, just to continue this definition of what that kind of player is, I want to go back to the Ohio State game and the Michigan game, and probably most specifically the Ohio State game. There were a couple guys on that field for Ohio State that were the difference on that team. One on defense, one on offense that you talked about. And I think that game was the perfect example of what a difference maker can do for you, correct? Oh, yeah, 100%. I I thought Penn State did a phenomenal job defending Ohio State for most of that game. But Marvin Harrison Jr. was uncoverable. You know, he, he really was uncoverable and he was being, you know, he was being uh, covered by some really good cornerbacks. He's just that level of player. And then you see him, you know, in the top five at a lot of NFL mock drafts for next year. And then, you know, JT Tuomolo uh, had the game of his life against Penn State. And 
you know, it, it's weird because he's a, he's a former five-star talent who has that difference making ability, but he also didn't do a whole lot in the rest of, uh, in the rest of his games uh, for Ohio state. So again, comparatively against Penn state, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two interceptions, forced fumble, fumble recovery. He was a one man wrecking crew for Ohio state in, in that game. But for the year, he had uh, eight. He had uh, two interceptions. He had ten and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. So he didn't do. You know that was that was his. That was pretty much his year right there <laughs> against Penn State. <laughs> and he has a chance to replicate that and be more consistent. But you know th- those are difference making abilities from both of those guys. And you know Ohio State just has a lot higher probability because they have a lot more physical talent on their team. Exactly, and that ability. There's a difference between a player being able to make those kind of plays against Delaware and a player being able to make those kind of plays against Penn State. Huge difference. You really have to be a high-end player. Dusty, okay, I think we've now laid the groundwork. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it, starting with quarter number two. We're going to talk about the guys on Penn State who are those difference makers. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galante. We are talking difference makers and Penn State football Quarter number one, uh, Dusty, we kind of set the scene. We set the groundwork for it. If you miss that part of our show, what's wrong with you? Go back. Start with quarter one before you listen to quarter two. What are you thinking? Right, Dusty? Yeah, ad- admonish them, Jim. That's a good way to keep them on the hook here. <laughs> That's it. Wait, wait to make yourself uh, uh, endear yourself to the listeners. All right, Dusty. <laughs> We set the stage. Let, let's talk about the Penn State difference makers because I think you're right. There are um, more of them now, 
and even more so, more potential difference makers on this team. Let's start, though, with the sure things. Who are the guys, no doubt, no-brainer difference makers on this Penn State roster? Who do you got? Uh, coming back from last year, um, Nick Singleton, and we talked about why. Obviously, to statistically, production-wise, but what he does to give opposing defensive coordinators nightmares. You know, there's just some things that you can't teach, and his ability to blow past guys is one of them. Uh, Olu Fashnu at left tackle. Uh, there's a, a good reason that he probably would have been a top 10 pick had he left for the draft this past year. Looks like he could be even more than that um, after the 2023 season. Abdul Carter, just the ability to, to wreck games in a variety of ways, get after the quarterback, drop into coverage, you know, make an impact hit. Um, I'll skip. I'll skip one and, and circle back to him at the end because I think he's going to be the, the sticking point for, for us. Um, Chop Robinson, I, I would put him in that category. Uh, he just seemed to do a lot. He just seemed to do everything really well and everything right at defensive end, including pressure, the quarterback. And then Kalen King, I think was an impact player last year, especially if you look at like pro football focus and the way that he was graded in coverage. And the fact that I believe, you know, he had, he saw a lot of action without a single pass interference, uh, call against him. So that's a pretty big time player there. So I, I got five on the list for sure. And then you and I might, uh, the, with Curtis Jacobs, we, we used him as a discussion point in quarter number one against Abdul Carter. And certainly Abdul Carter made more plays that make you turn your head. Right. But I think Curtis Jacobs, uh, was so impactful in so many little areas or, or maybe some, some areas where it's uh, it's not necessarily jarring a ball loose or uh, getting a sack or whatever. I think he's, he's very impactful uh, in terms of playing the linebacker position, you know, how it's supposed to be played. Well, I think Curtis Jacobs is that example of that gray area sometimes. And it reminds me of the discussion about defining a hall of famer. You know it when you see it. And if you ever have to question it, then they're probably not a Hall of Famer, okay? Yeah. And so I wonder if that's part of that. And the other question I will have is with with Fashno, who is obviously a, a superstar as far as offensive tackles go. He's projected to be a top 10 draft pick last year. I can't imagine he's not going to be that this year. I guess my question is more on positional value. Can an offensive lineman be a difference maker? I know they could help make a difference in the game, but yeah. Fashnu could be an absolute stud, monster, not allow a thing, and it won't matter if somebody else on the offensive line isn't doing their job. Well, I mean, that's definitely true. And, and you know, an offensive lineman almost runs counter to this entire argument. You know, if you talk about splash plays, but uh, the more the 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 better an offensive lineman is, the less you're going to hear his name. So it, it really like it, it 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 is the opposite of what you're looking for at every other position. It seems on the field, uh, I do think difference maker in terms of uh, knowing that you can have a guy one on one with anybody, knowing that that left side sealed. You know, knowing that no matter what they're going to throw over there, you don't have to throw a double team that that fashion who can handle it. I mean, so, yeah, I, I think that is difference making in terms of how you play offense and how you call offense and your confidence as a quarterback. It's it's like I said with Jacobs, I think it's making a difference in, in ways that 
uh, are not hidden, but they're they're better disguised than they are if you're a running back or an edge rusher. Okay, Dusty, it's time for me to do my devil's advocate to my devil's advocate again. The Lord's How advocate. About... No, I'm just not going to go there, Dusty. I just won't. <laughs> but well, let's maybe maybe what makes him this uh, difference making player isn't by him making splash plays. It's by preventing the other guy from making a splash play. Yes. And and that's, that's exactly the nature of it on the offensive line. And like, I, I get it. You know, you can, if one guy screws up in the offensive line, it might not, it feels like it doesn't matter that Olu Fashionu handled uh, an edge rusher or whatever. Uh, but it's just, at the same time, I mean, there's, there's so much peace of mind knowing that you can erase another defender. You can make, uh, a, a defensive coordinator, you know, change their tactics or force themselves to attack the left side uh, or it'd be the right side of Penn State's offensive line, but attack from the left side of their defense. You know, you can do a lot of things by being able to be so stable and keep things calm and avoid that that pressure. So, yeah, it's, it's negating it's negating uh, other people's splash plays is a splash play in itself. So. Now let's, uh, as we keep redefining what we mean by this difference maker, which is good. I mean, we're we're refining our assessment here. Um, let's talk about go. These were players that are coming back who, for Penn State who were difference makers last year. And before we get to like this coming year, and we're going to talk about Drew Aller. You know, that's a separate discussion. Who are the other guys coming back from last year who you would say, you know what, they're just so close. They're on the difference maker cusp. Yeah. Number one on my list is Denai Dennis Sutton. And he is uh, freakish. He is an animal. And, you know, he just just wasn't afforded – and I, I think he, he was afforded a big enough role to know exactly what Penn State had and to see him thrive and be able to recognize like, okay, with more snaps, this guy's going to be unblockable. Um, you know, Donnie Sutton might end up being the best pure pass rusher that they've, that they've got, you know, in, in the long term. I don't know about this fall necessarily, but he is a very, very talented and a very, very mature kid. And he looks like he's on the brink of having a monster type year. It's just, okay, he's still one of three pass rushers there. So that, that'll be interesting to see his, his role develop. Um, the other one, Adisa Isaac, you know, like coming off of injury last year, uh, I think he's more physically talented. It seems like people kind of forget. Uh, the kind of raw talent that that he is. I think you saw it uh, in burst, but it's like, okay, a full healthy offseason coming off a full healthy season. You know, the, the best is still to come from him. And I do think that he's got difference making raw ability. So it's like, you could, at the end of the season, when the dust settles, have three defensive ends on that difference maker list. And I can't imagine a better scenario for a defensive coordinator like Manny Diaz than to have three edge rushers uh, be that caliber of player. Um, I think KJ Winston, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot of forecasting involved there, but uh, it just seems like there's a lot of really good vibes a- around him. And he just knows the position, like he's a safety through and through. Uh, so he's, he's one. Uh, we'll talk about Drew Aller then. Um, I feel like Kaziah Izzard is one that I really want to watch. I loved his high school tape. And, you know, last year was kind of marred by he had some injury stuff and he had some, I, I presumably off the field stuff that kept him out of a, a big role for a part of the year. But I think 
that, uh, and maybe this is just hopeful thinking if you're a Penn State fan, that somebody is going to emerge as a difference maker at, at tackle. But I think he's got that ability. I think he's got that physical ability. And then I think the, the one that I feel, you know, maybe not not that, that strong about is, is Harrison Wallace. And I think like, you know, the leaping ability, the high point, the the deep threat kind of stuff. I think there there could be the makings there. I just got to see a lot more. Um, and again, that will be a really convenient thing to emerge for Penn State is if they have uh, a defensive tackle emerges as a difference maker and a wide receiver. That would answer a lot of a lot of questions, wouldn't it? It definitely would. And you hit a lot of names and I want to go through a couple of them. Dusty. Oh, I missed Theo Johnson. I forgot to say Theo Johnson. Uh, okay. I'm going to be hitting on all of these. The defensive ends. It's an interesting thing. If it weren't for Chop Robinson, we would be talking about deny Dennis Sutton as that guy. Or if it weren't for those two, we would probably be talking about Adisa Isaac being that yeah. guy. This must be what it feels like to be an Alabama or a Georgia fan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To have so many of them. And then it becomes just, well, maybe a little bit of a personal preference. And I see Adisa Isaac a little bit. I'll use the same thing I said about Curtis Jacobs. Really, 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 really good. But boy, there just seems to be the higher ceiling for deny Dennis Sutton. And that may be the similar conversation again between Singleton and Allen. You know, there's that really, really good, and then there's that special, making special plays. And it's tough for me because I am very much, admittedly, a Chop Robinson fanboy. I am. I rewatched the game, and I just spotlight him, and boy, if he's not getting to the quarterback, he's threatening to. So he's pretty special. So for me to put Dennis Sutton in that same conversation... I think means something. The other guys you name, you know, Kaziah Izzard. Yes, I think that's wishful thinking for us at defensive tackle. We want to see that guy. And Adisa Isaac is another one of those guys who's just so good, so solid, but I'm just not quite ready. You know, you and I were at the Auburn game together last year, and I remember the start of that second half, and Adisa Isaac was just making plays. So, you know, Hey, if there were three of them, so be it. The last name you brought up was Trey Wallace, and I'm so glad you did because he's the other guy who I'm not sure how high his floor is, but I feel like his ceiling is so high, Dusty. And, you know, and I think that's indicative of the fact that they that they insisted on having him in the role that they had him last year. It wasn't all that productive. There were some misplays. I'm sure there were some misassignments when they did film review and stuff like that. But I think they were committed to getting him the repetitions he needed to try to start tapping into that ceiling a little bit. And I think at both tackle and wide receiver, I think those are the primary candidates at those two positions to emerge as that type of player uh, this year. And, you know, Wallace has that ability, I think, probably more than anybody else on that depth chart. I'm not sure he's going to get there. I look at these other players that we've mentioned, and I feel like they are either there or pretty confident they're going to get there. Trey Wallace, boy, the chance to get there is there, Dusty. It just, will we ever see it? I really hope so, because that, as you mentioned, along with defensive tackles, a position we could really see a difference maker make a difference. Dustin, that's it for quarter two. We got more to talk about with our difference makers with quarter three. 
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We're talking difference makers at Penn State. On their football team, Dusty, it's interesting. I think that we have four quarters of this conversation. I think a couple of years ago, if we had a show about difference makers, it would have been really short. Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, and, and I, as part, I tried to go back through previous seasons. I'm sure maybe there's offensive lineman or somebody or somebody that I, that I missed, but the general consensus to me was just to support your point there is that most previous teams uh, under James Franklin had, at best, like half the number of difference makers that last year's team had. That's 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 my opinion. And half of what they'll have this season. And you know what? You, you Between segments, we were having a little discussion about are there some other guys who we may not think of this way but have the tools to get there. Now, um, you mentioned Fashionu as a guy who a year ago coming into the season, even though he'd been around, we would not have labeled him as a difference maker. Are there any other guys from 22 to 23, you're thinking they're veterans, they've been around, they have the tools, but we just haven't seen it yet, who might have a breakthrough this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Theo Johnson kind of falls under that category. Uh, you, you've you, you've been tantalized by the physical tools for so long that he doesn't seem like he's far off. But it's like, you know, other than some splash plays and and some you know twenty plus yard catches last year, uh, you haven't seen that happen consistently. So so there's one. I think you know Keaton Ellis at safety is an is an interesting one because. Uh, he was recruited and signed by Penn State because of some prolific testing numbers that he had. And so now he's in a spot where he's a captain. He's presumably a starter at safety. Uh, I think his best season is still ahead of him yet. 
Uh, and if, if it all comes together, I think there are physical tools there to support him being that difference maker type. So, so those two for sure, um, you know, may, maybe one of the offensive linemen, uh, you know, jumps out. Like you've heard a lot of good things about Vega Ioane, for example, Hunter Norzad, maybe he's tremendous at at center. I think there are some possibilities there on on the, on the depth chart, but the, you know, I think Theo Johnson and Keaton Ellis would be two veterans that I'd be looking at from that vantage point. And Dustin, I, I agree with you on both those names, especially Theo Johnson. It just seems like all the pieces are there for him but he had he battling injury, or he's also got to share time with Brenton Strange, who's the the senior, the upperclassman who kind of gets first dibs, and now is his time. So I guess I feel even better about Theo Johnson getting there than I even do than I do Keaton Ellis. Although I I get it with Keaton Ellis now. Dusty, I want to kind of shift gears. Let's go forward to the next wave, the next group, and start with the obvious name, Drew Aller. Um, you know, if you want a difference maker on your team and you pick a position, you know what? Quarterback's not a bad one to have that difference maker. And and, and I've made this, I've made this point. I think several times in this space before, and I'll make it one more time. Like if you look at where Penn state's proven difference makers are and where their number one, most explosive potential difference maker could be, you've got really just a, a, you know, the foundation in terms of trying to build a franchise or build a team, you want a left tackle, you want a pass rusher, you want a cornerback. You'd love to have a game wrecking linebacker. That would be more like a in bonus territory, but a hybrid linebacker edge rusher like Abdul Carter, like that's what Micah Parsons is doing at the next level. So to have those plus a quarterback, I mean, those are the cornerstone positions that you want. Uh, those are the premium positions and Penn state has a difference maker at certainly, you know, four or five of those spots, and maybe with Drew Aller uh, at quarterback as well. So you think about that foundation going forward, uh, that's pretty big time. And if Penn State is going to break through, it's got to be Michigan and or Ohio State. Ohio State has every year they've had the better quarterback. I think we could agree on that. Yeah. And – you know, with McCord coming and Brown as they've got a couple shots at having an elite quarterback and Michigan with JJ McCarthy, I think they've got a difference maker at quarterback. The difference between there and Ohio state is he's got the experience too. So I think for Penn state to catch those two, they've done it everywhere else, pretty much on the field. They've caught up. Will they at quarterback? Will they, Dusty? I mean, I think the way, and this is a really interesting part of the conversation. With J.J. McCarthy, start there. Will he be allowed to make as big a difference as he's able to make physically? You know, will Jim Harbaugh allow J.J. McCarthy? Like, in a perfect world, if Jim Harbaugh gets his wish on an individual game-by-game basis, he will not be asking J.J. McCarthy to win games. And I think that goes for with his legs or with his arm. Uh, in a perfect world, that run game would just chew up defenses and spit them out, and his quarterback wouldn't have to do much. 
Uh, on the flip side is Ohio State, where the quarterback is asked to do a lot. But there's also incredible synchronization between the coaching staff and the quarterback and the system. And there's just it seems like it's plug and play. And I think the best offenses in the country are able to like obviously having high four stars and five stars you know, running five deep in your program at any given time, you're going to be able to plug and play at a different level than anybody else is. But I think it's a big credit to Ryan Day and that offense being able to get that consistent excellence from one year to the next. So Ohio State asks a lot of its quarterback. Michigan doesn't ask much of its quarterback. And then you have Penn State, which I think is going to span that entire spectrum with Drew Aller. The team is built in a way that you're going to, again, you're not in a perfect world. You're not going to ask Drew Aller to be a difference maker in the first half of the 2023 season. But I think there's going to be development and growth and comfort and experience that that happens that maybe gradually you can start to lean on him in that way. And I think it will happen before the end of his first season as a starter, but they're not going to ask that right off the bat. It's hard to believe that with that run game, that offensive line, that defense, there's no real benefit to forcing Drew Aller to air it out if he doesn't have to early in the season. There's a, there's a formula there in place where he, he can manage the game and get his legs under him uh, and not be thrust into that spotlight or that pressure. Not that I think he's uh, you know going to be he's going to cave under that pressure. Like I think he's going to be great in that regard. But they're just not going to have to ask him um, that that much. What I would say to that is. Uh, even if they're not asking that of him, even if he's, you know, attempting 24 passes in the game or whatever, um, I think there could be some moments uh, late in games where he's capable of making a difference, making play or two. He's capable of making a throw that Sean Clifford never could. He's capable of, of airing out a deep ball. And suddenly, you know, Penn State goes from being down 17-6 to 17-13 and it's a game again. Like, I think there, there, there could be some, you know, small instances where he's asked to be that guy and he's capable of delivering that before he grows into that guy that you build around and you have to game plan around. Okay, Dustin, now it's time to talk about the next wave. And be- before we go on, I do want to ask you about one thing, and I'm going back to something we talked uh, a couple players we talked about before. Uh, Deny Dennis Sutton and KJ Winston, and I love both of those players. Am I overreacting though to what they did in the blue white game? Well, no, because I think there are there are grounds for that. There was a lead up to that. There's physical t- tools and skills to support that. There's opportunities to support that. I think their their special ability is independent of the blue white game. I think where we've gotten into trouble before in the past, you know, looking at Penn State fans and just trying to assess and analyze is that that blue white performance is such a big surprise and then you start to assume that it's going to carry forward. Uh, when there was no sign of it before. And I think with both of these guys, there were signs certainly beforehand that, that it could be coming. And then for them to actually deliver it uh, then uh, I think is more of a supporting piece of information, not the only piece of information. So what you're saying is that's different than tank Smith having a good blue white game. No. Cause I, I think, I think he, I think his best football is still ahead too. <laughs> Look out, Nick Singleton. You've got a challenger. <laughs> okay. Dusty. Next in line, what about those true freshmen, those guys coming in? And this hits on the idea that you brought up earlier that they're bringing in more of these kind of players with the potential to be difference makers. Who are the names among the freshman class who 
maybe even if we don't see it in this season, we will see it from them. So I know this is probably going to make it spill over into quarter number four, which that's, that's fine. That's fine. But I wanted, I wanted, before I get into the freshman names, I want to get into some of the cautionary tales because that's where we're at, right? Where physically they're, they're capable and then it just has to happen. So the cautionary tales are not necessarily bust, but guys who didn't live up to what they, they did. So uh, going in order from the 2014 to 2019 class, I'm not going to evaluate 2020 or 2021 at this point. Saeed Blacknall, Jawan Johnson, Shane Simmons, Lamont Wade, CJ Thorpe, Justin Shorter, Ricky Slade. Brandon Smith was a really good player, but not like five-star good. Uh, and then De- Devin Ford, I think, w- was another one that just didn't – he didn't quite get there. So anytime you're talking about freshmen and the potential when it comes to their recruiting rankings and their physical tools, there still is a long way to go. Even though last year they were so good so early in their careers, it made it feel like that's just going to happen for everybody. I just wanted to exercise that word of caution before I get into the list. And we can get into um, uh, the ins and outs of each of these guys. Then I can rattle off the list first if you want. Okay. Now let's hold off. Let's go. You did, you brought up history a little bit. So let's just explore that a bit because you're right. And they are names that we've been doing this show long enough that we were part of that bandwagon. We had that kind of excitement about Brandon Smith, about Devin Ford. And your cautionary tale is, you know, recommended here because not every guy is going to be what we really hope them to be. And if you ever want to get a lesson in this, go back a few years, look at Penn State's recruiting ranking. You could do it for any other team. And I think Andy and I, I believe, we looked at the 2019 class, which actually was highly ranked, highly productive. But if you look at the top of that class, not so much. Yeah, and it's interesting how that works. And 2018 is like, you know, at the top of the class, you had some real whiffs, but you had some really good ones the rest of the way down through there. Uh, so, yeah, I think there you just have to like, you know, Shane Simmons couldn't stay healthy. Lamont Wade couldn't change the fact that he was five foot four. Uh, Justin Shorter didn't have the competitive mindset right away. Ricky Slade didn't have the instincts. Uh, I think Devin Ford, probably the same category. There are certain intangibles that have to develop and or stay healthy for these guys to really make good on that. All right, when we get back in quarter number four, we will be back to glass half full as opposed to Dusty with his glass half empty. Stay tuned. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Fourth of July weekend. Dustin, we are talking about those difference maker players, which, by the way, you just completely sidetracked the show last quarter by going off on guys who aren't difference makers, who were disappointments. <laughs> so now let's get back on track. They're, they're called dream crashers. Next week's show is called dream crashers. We're going to do a whole show on those guys. Well, you got it and you burst my bubble here a little bit because we were talking positive here and that the recent recruiting classes have been recruiting more of these high end players, these difference makers. So I asked you about the players in the 23 class. They're the true freshmen this year who could be difference makers. And of course, you answered about guys from the past who were disappointments. So I'm going to give you a second opportunity, Dusty. We're talking about the class of 23. Who are the guys who could be difference makers? Yeah. And I I just didn't want to get into how great these guys are going to be without having that word of caution first. And I know like your butt you're well, obviously I I think you're just disappointed (laughs) because I stole your negative routine as well as what you're mad about. Let me play devil's advocate here. These guys could be great, but here's all the ones who weren't. I, I went, I went full gym on everybody. So the the, the list that Dustin, I have, Dustin, yeah. If if what you're saying weren't true, I would be hurt. Unfortunately, it's completely true, so I can't Fa- be too offended. Facts are facts. We've been doing this together for too long to not uh, not realize your true colors at this point. Uh, I've got six names on my list of of difference making ability. And I think there are some who, who are maybe in that borderline category, which I would throw, I think, I think Dakari Nelson is one that I would throw out there for that, who can be a really good player. I just don't know yet if it's like difference making ability. So I've got two linebackers on that list, which, you know, you think about where Penn state is from a linebacker standpoint uh, with Abdul Carter and with Curtis Jacobs, one and a half or one and three quarters difference makers, depending on who you listen to uh, on this show. Uh, Tony Rojas, because speed, closing ability, and I think it really supports a potential uh, breakout type career. The fact that he has taken it to heart that he needed to get bigger right away. He, he, He got his body into a playable condition up from like 205 or 210 into that 225 category. Um, right away. And I think that probably suggests, you know, some kind of desire for greatness or so, it has to suggest something there. So I think his speed, his closing ability, and I think the way that he plays unlocks that speed too. It's not like he's just a Ferrari that's running around crashing into things blindly. Like I think his instincts for the game are pretty good too, that serve him well. Uh, Tamir Robinson is another, another linebacker that is just a, a really explosive type athlete played safety, 
play. He was an edge rusher. Now it looks like he's going to be a middle linebacker at 6'3", 235, or whatever they list him at more, most recently. You know, that is a big, explosive guy in the middle. That he, he changes the narrative. Like, you look at, and no disrespect to Tyler Elson and Kobe King, is that you look at those guys with some limitations there. I don't look at Tamir Robinson with the same limitations. I look at him as being able to uh, crash the party and make a bunch of different plays, kind of like Ellis Brooks did in his career. Uh, King Mack is the other is the other safety. You talked about Dakari Nelson uh, a minute ago. Uh, he's a Florida State track champ in multiple uh, multiple um, distances and on a relay team. Uh, he is he's listed at I think Penn State lists him at either five ten or five eleven. He's a little bit taller than Lamont Wade. Bing. Uh, he he's he's got game breaking type speed, and I just I like the way that he carries himself. He just looks like a big time athlete and carries himself like a big time athlete. Chuck Losey called him wildly explosive. I mean this these are all pretty good signs that even if it's not year one because the safety depth chart is 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 kind of going to be hard to crack for a guy who hasn't proven himself yet. King Mac I think is a name to watch as being maybe a three and out type player. Uh, certainly not a five-year player. I think I think he plays in year one, even if it's just on special teams. Uh, I, Bob Flanner sold me on Elliot Washington and the idea that his presence there uh, was kind of part of the reason that uh, Storm Duck came and went as quickly as he did. You know, Elliot Washington has a chance to be a pretty special guy at cornerback too. He's you know he's like two hundred and five pounds. Like he's a big guy that moves really well. Uh, and I think that makes him pretty rare and pretty explosive for that position. And the two more offensive linemen, Javen Williams, uh, who is going to start maybe making a run at being on the two deep at tackle in year one. Uh, he is a fantastic athlete for that size, you know, six, five, 315 pounds. Uh, it looks like uh, probably going to move inside at some point. Uh, and then Alex Birchmeyer started out at tackle because they needed a body there. And then with uh, Chimney Ono came, coming in, uh, he was able to move inside and work inside. He is just a, a, a big athlete at 6'5", sort of same dimensions as Javen Williams, but just an anchor, strong, knows how to use his hands, knows how to leverage, pretty bad dude uh, inside. So I think those guys are, are the six on my list right now. Very good. So you're saying the storm passed us by? Oh, it it sure did. It came, it came and went. It was uh, it was one of those like bursts. It was a storm burst. Okay, let me add one more name. How about Andrew Rappelier? Yeah, I mean he he was definitely somebody that I considered. And I think looking at him on film, I could absolutely see that. Like I think he's I think he's a more exciting tight end prospect. Doesn't mean he's going to become a better player necessarily. I think he's a better, he's a more exciting prospect than uh, Pat Fryermuth was. It, it's it's really interesting to see how well they've done at tight end, and I love the names that you put out there. And I want to just hit on the, some of those defensive players. We're all convinced Tony Rojas is going to be on the field as a freshman. And what I want to do here, Dusty, is shift gears some, to something you brought up. And here's my segue. I think Manny Diaz, the way he used his players last year, has given me a new um, higher estimation for players because of the way I saw Manny Diaz use the talent. So when I see a freshman like Tony Rojas and the talk about him, I just expect him to come out and be a playmaker. K.J. Winston, and we saw the skill set during the Blue-White game. 
I expect him, I expect Manny Diaz to bring that out of him. So at least I hadn't thought about this at all. So full disclosure, full credit to you, Dusty. You put in your notes about are there difference-making coaches, coordinators, and your belief is Penn State has a couple of those. And let's start with Manny Diaz. He, he's a superstar coordinator, and he's a difference maker. Just just the perfect guy at the perfect time to utilize the talent that this uh, defense has. And I think if you ask anybody on, on the defense, like um, who was it that you, that you talked to that was just like went above and beyond, not just like canned praise for Manny Diaz, but ridiculous praise for him? Yeah, it, it was Dom DeLuca. I, and it yeah. was a, you know, not for record, we weren't recording a show or anything, just chatting. And I asked him about, is it fun to play for him, especially when they get into that prowler formation? He just got the biggest smile on the face, and it's like, oh, yeah, that guy's a genius. Uh, and, and, you know, talking about Manny Diaz. And it's like, you know, how many times were guys in position to make explosive plays last year that weren't going to put themselves in that position? You know, like no disrespect to, let's say, Johnny Dixon, for example, he wasn't he wasn't going to make a play like like he was making in the backfield without uh, Manny Diaz unleashing him. And I think that's one of the things is that, you know, guys with speed, guys who can get to the quarterback. Like, I think there's a much stronger connection between Manny Diaz bending the scheme around the players that he has and putting them in positions, you know, without fear you know, you know, that risk reward spectrum, managing that. So there's so many more rewards than uh, Penn State had under Brent Pry. Again, no disrespect. Uh, Pry was a really good at what he did, but I think it was just such a breath of fresh air for for Penn State's defense to unleash guys. And at the same time, I think they had more raw uh, possibilities and more raw potential and a lot of those guys than they had had most seasons uh, previously looking at all the, you know, chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac and deny Dennis Sutton and Abdul Carter. Like there was so much explosive ability there and he used all of it. So that's difference making a hundred percent. Like I think Manny Diaz is without a doubt uh, a huge difference maker and can make really good players better. And then not only that, but I think get players to come to Penn state to play because it's like, if you show you can do something, He's going to use that, and it doesn't matter what the game situation is. You're going to be in position. If you can rush the quarterback, if you got speed, if you got a knack for this, a knack for that, like Tony Rojas who we're talking about, he's going to use it. And I think that can kind of bend Penn State's reputation too. And, Dusty, you kind of alluded to something that I really believe in with uh, Manny Diaz is we on this show can't talk about depth charts so much on defense because he starts 20 guys essentially. 20 guys are playing as if they are starters. He'll get you in there, and he'll find a way to use you. Manny Diaz versus Brent Pry. yep, that's another case of elite difference maker versus very good. Do we have other coaches, Dusty, that we could put in that category? What do you, Mike Yersich is a really interesting case study. Like I, I think there's more promise that he can be that. Like we want to talk about raw tools defining whether you are or can be a difference maker. The raw tools, I think, say that Mike Yersich can be. I don't think you can put him in that category yet. Uh, I don't think he's in that definite category. Like we had so many guys. He's in like the Adisa Isaac category. Like <laughs> there, there, there could be a situation. And then I think 
uh, Phil Troutwine is in the same category, you know, and I, I think that trio of coaches there, especially the the coordinators and the offensive line, which was a big position that they were trying to fix. Um, I, it just seems like Penn State's got uh, as good a coaching staff as James Franklin has had, especially with those with those three. And the rest of the coaching staff, I think, is pretty good also. But to be that superstar status, you it's tougher as a position coach than as a coordinator. But Troutwine, it's taken a couple years, but it's the differences, not just performance, but also now we're seeing recruiting. And yes, they go hand in hand. And I'll use one of the other examples of the player. I'll use Deny Dennis Sutton, who has such a high ceiling. Yes, that's the way I feel about Mike Yersage also. Maybe hasn't quite had the tools, which he's going to be tied so closely to Drew Aller's performance over the next two years to determine his status, don't you think? Yeah, and I, and I think that's true. But you know, look at what they did with the three tight end set last year. Look what they did with the two running backs last year. Uh, the way that he managed kind of what they had last year suggests that um, he's definitely on the right track, to say the least. I, I agree with you, Dusty. All right, fun topic, Dustin. I enjoyed it. However, that is it for our show. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to get back with us on the next Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.